Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, become successfully unemployed, and have financial independence by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And oh no, we have interest rates going up, we have inflation, we have wars, we have so many things going on, and at the same time, us as real estate investors, we are excited, and I'm bringing on a friend of mine who is a fantastic real estate investor, invested in multifamily, a apartment complexes, and we are together going to share with you how you can make sure that you're prepared for any problems in the real estate and economy and even make more money because of the crash that's coming. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. What's going on? Super pumped, as always, to have you on the show with me. And oh my goodness, we see so many things going on, and like I said in the intro, that interest rates are going up, prices are still kind of high on the real estate market, we're seeing inflation year over year, like 10%, what's that in like two years, three years, that's 30% inflation, everything is so much more expensive, and housing is so expensive. I recently saw a list of all the different companies that are laying people off. It's literally hundreds of thousands of employees being laid off. That's just one list that I saw, and I saw other ones. And so that's not in the market yet. And I brought on a friend of mine who's actually speaking at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. She came last year. She's fantastic. Gave a keynote and a breakout session as well. She's going to be doing the same thing again this year. She's going to be helping us to understand how we can be protected in our real estate investing, how we can also use, and it's an awesome Japanese word. If you guys don't know, I'm actually half Japanese, even though my last name's Heiner. My, I'm actually half Japanese. My biological dad, he's Japanese. See him all the time and everything. We've gone to Japan many times, but she's going to bring up a fantastic Japanese word in this episode that really helps us to have a well-rounded picture for our life and real estate investing. And she is going to be coming on the show to share all this with us. But you want to come to RubeCon. You want to be there with 45 of us expert investors, as well as hundreds and hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. No sales pitch, literally all there to help you get the promo code podcast and get 10% off of your pass to RubeCon. Use the promo code podcast, go to RubeCon.com. The link will be in the description. All right, now I'm super pumped to bring on a friend of mine. She is a fantastic investor. She is the co-founder of Good Egg Investments and is a multifamily syndicator and investor, and it's going to help us so that we can make sure we're investing for good. All right, I'm bringing on my friend Annie Dickerson from Good Egg Investments. Here we go. Annie, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Dustin, I'm thrilled to be here with you today and and just you know share openly about what we're seeing and uh, help the listeners out there to um, really navigate this challenging environment that we're in. Yeah, it is a little challenging, especially when there's so many things, like so many different things that are going on all at the same time from interest rates rising, which I personally like interest rates rising because it gets my competition, which are home buyers, because I know yeah. I like residential, it gets home buyers out of the system. So it's like, okay, stop overpaying for properties. Like, yes. you know, it gives them <laughs> out. 
Um, you have the uh, inflation just seems like year over year, at least 10%. Like that's a lot, like three years, that's 30%. It's that's going up. We have banks failing and everybody, if you have not checked out Annie's article on good egg on her website, she wrote an awesome article on the banking system and how that's like, what's going on? What's the problems? And then also how to protect yourself, which we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so we have those things going on. We have wars, we have, uh, the market going down. We have stocks now, like Companies are literally laying off people, so they're trying to save. Uh, just so many things going on. But with that, so many. you and I, are we're investors. And what I love about real estate investing is I can invest whether the market goes up, down, or sideways. You just need to know how to do it. You know, in an exactly. up market, anybody could invest and be like, all right, I, it appreciated, you know, like 20%. But when it's a down market, that appreciation has gone. So anyways, Annie. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing here at Good Egg Investments and your own portfolio and everything like that. So we can get a sense of how you're investing. And then let, we could definitely jump into everything else about um, the economy and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just for any of the listeners who may not know me, um, you know, I got my start um, just as Dustin did in in rental properties. Actually, we first house hacked. Um, we bought these duplexes and we live in one unit and rent out the other. This was back in 2008 was when I got started. Um, so I didn't know it at the time. I had no idea what was going on really with the economy. I was in my early 20s and was just found a great opportunity and just got in at a very fortunate time um, and kind of rode that wave. We house hacked a few more um, a few more properties, both in the DC area, which is where we started and now in the Bay area, and um, then got into out-of-state rental properties and now syndications or group investments. And so, you know, as Dustin, as you mentioned, you know, what's great about real estate is that there's opportunities in every part of the market cycle. You just have to be smart and savvy about how you approach it. And so I haven't stopped investing. That is the first thing is like, you know, like in the stock market, right? They talk about um, uh, dollar cost averaging where, you know, when the market's high, you invest. When the market's low, you invest because you want to take that emotion out of it. And over, you know, as you continue to do that, as you have that discipline to invest, no matter what's going on, that's when you see those long-term gains and long-term returns. And so that's kind of the approach that I take um, because I, just like you, I fully believe in real estate. Everybody needs a place to live. Turns out humans like to live indoors. And so there's always going to be a demand for real estate. Um, it's just about knowing how to approach it. And so absolutely, even in, with everything that's going on, um, still actively investing. These days, syndications are the best fit for me, given um, you know running the business and busy family life, um, just so I can be passive. But I think there's opportunities in any type of real estate uh, right now. Totally. And I 100% agree. And in fact, back in, was it 2021, 2022, where the market just kept going up, I had so many people asking me, and these were not my students, they were asking me, well, should I invest in real estate? Like it's going up so high and there are lots of concerns and thoughts, and which every, it's totally fine. That's what they, a lot of people have. But if they don't know how to invest, they're not going to be like my students who are literally buying properties all through, you know, 20, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, even 2023. We're getting properties all the time and we're getting them less than they're worth. We're making passive income. 
from every single property. We're building the business so that it runs itself. And so no matter at what stage of the market, we invest in real estate. And because we know that it is a, it's a commodity that people, that's, it's, it's some, not just a commodity. It's a need, physical need that people have, like food, that's a physical need, you know, water, physical need, air to breathe, but they also need shelter. And you're 100% right. They love living indoors, silly enough, but obviously we provide great housing for them. And if we're good investors, what we're also going to do is be able to see the downturns and be able to adjust our investing because in up market, we make money. In down market, we make money. Sideways market, which means it doesn't do anything. We make money because we invest for as a business to make money. Now, Annie, you're also coming to my conference, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And what's fun is I actually talked to my wife about two weeks ago and I said, hey, honey, uh, putting on a conference is so much work. I, it's just so it's much so easier hard. investing in real estate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Like in, real estate's so much easier. Can I just go back oh, to yeah. real estate? Right. And she said, "Yeah." She goes, "Um, you know what? Yeah, I agree. But you would be bored if it was if you mm-hmm. were just investing in yep. real estate." I said, "Ah, oh, you're right. I, I I feel better when I'm building something." So get back to the conference. Um, uh, it's it's a blessing to having so many of us, you know, real estate investors. That yeah. and what's fun is we're all friends, and at least all my friends, and I'm trying to get us all together, be all friends. It's great. Now, Annie, you're going to be sharing, and there's something. There's I'm half Japanese, and in fact, next year, I'm going to be taking my family after RubeCon 2024. We're going to go to Japan for to see the Sakura, the cherry blossoms. We're going to do that for like maybe four weeks a trip. But anyways, there's a Japanese word that is, it's going to help us in our real estate investing. And you're going to be speaking about this at one of the keynotes that we're going to have at RubeCon. Talk to us a little bit about that. Obviously, don't give the everything away because they're going to be able to hear it at RubeCon as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, something that, um, you know, in my personal journey, in the 10 years after college, I had nine different jobs. And I kept looking for kept I had such a commitment to uh, myself and finding my purpose and making sure I was maximizing the impact I was making, putting my skill set to use. And just like you, you know, I, I love a good challenge. I wanted to be challenged too. And so I didn't know it at the time, but I was really searching for my ikigai. And And in Japanese, that's your reason for being. It's your purpose. It's your center. It's why you're here. And a lot of people spend their whole life looking for their ikigai. And at at a short, at a a high level, ikigai is the... um, is the intersection between four things, what you love, what you're good at, what you can be paid for, and what the world needs. If you can find something that aligns with all four of those things, then that is your ikigai. That is your purpose. And you will be most fulfilled if you can find something at the crux of all of those things. And so what I'm going to do is apply that to the concept of real estate investing, because as as we've talked about, there's a lot of ways to invest in real estate, a lot of ways to get involved. And you want to know, you know what you love to do in real estate, how you want to be involved, um, what you want to get out of it, what you're good at, whether it's the underwriting side, the asset management side, is it the talking to investors piece? What is it that you're good at? And then how can you, you know, how can you 
uh, recoup your investment or make money doing that. And then talking about those physical needs, how can you provide a service through that that people will need? So I'm going to talk about all of that. We're kind of thrilled to dive into that because it's a personal passion of mine through all the the personal uh, development and discovery I've done for myself and now to apply that to real estate and help other people find their real estate purpose for for, um, being and discover that perfect match for them as you've found um, through the properties that you invest in, as I've found through the syndications that we we do, want to help uh, all the RubeCon attendees find that for themselves. I love the like the the four things are like when you have all those combined you, you, obviously you make money which is good but you also feel more fulfilled I'll complete be completely honest and say I love investing in real estate for a number of different reasons but I actually love teaching people how to invest in real estate so much more because it's a tangible outlay of or uh, I can see my students literally getting their lives changed because of my teaching them and I'm serving them. I'm helping them. And so like my properties, don't get me wrong. My real estate's fantastic because it, it fills all those, but that fourth part of getting like, like um, helping the people and and serving them. I don't physically like uh, tangibly see that now they pay me rent. That's proof that my properties are doing good. You know, it's, but it's not as like, as personal, I'm a very personal person. I'm very extroverted too. I love being around people. And so that helps me. It's like, I feel more fulfilled as I serve people. So like putting on this conference, my goodness, walking through the halls last year at RubeCon, I felt so fulfilled because people were getting what they needed and what they wanted. And I was helping them. And so in putting on RubeCon for this year, it's just a driving passion of mine. So I love that you're going to be sharing with that because if we can do all four of those things, my goodness, you you just feel more fulfilled and you're able to take care of your family. Okay. So with that, talk to us about, now you wrote a fantastic article. Hopefully I'll remember to link it in the show notes, um, but a fantastic article about this banking crash and what can potentially happen to real estate, as well as how we as real estate investors can protect ourselves. Now, I'm going to point them to to, to read that article, but give us the cliff notes versions of what you're seeing here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's We've been at the edge of our seats watching this whole thing unfold as the world has. And um, you know, I'm first, I want to say I'm not the expert on this. I'm watching along the sidelines, just like all of you, but, and I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that accomplished at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that 
actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Um, I did take some time to dive in and really try to wrap my mind around what was going on so we could understand the implications for us, our investors, our properties. Um, and so I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version for anybody who may not fully understand what happened. Um, basically, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, Silicon Valley Bank, who mainly provided services to um, uh, venture capital-backed technology and life science companies, um, they all of a sudden they uh, there was a bank run and they had to shut down. And so what happened, right? People want to know what happened. And, you know, this, this quote comes to mind um, that, you know, when the tide goes out, you're going to see who's swimming naked. And unfortunately, Silicon Valley Bank was kind of caught, you know, not in a great spot. Um, it was kind of the confluence of a lot of things that happened. Um, to give you some some context, you know, in 2008, the last big bank crash of this this size was with Washington Mutual. And in the years after 2008, well, the government got involved and put into place the Dodd-Frank Act, among uh, among other regulations to really regulate the banking industry so that something like this wouldn't happen again. But you know what they say, history repeats itself. It's like our kids after they do something to hurt themselves after, you know, a few hours or a few days, they forget about it and they do it again. And so it's the same, you know, so things were going along well, the Dodd-Frank Act kind of regulated the banks for a period of time. And then in 2018, some of those restrictions were lifted, which allowed for um, all the events that led to this collapse. And so in short, Silicon Valley Bank made um, some investment decisions thinking that the interest rates wouldn't go up. And so they they invested in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that, um, you know, unfortunately, when the interest rates went up, those investments became worth less, um, worth much less, in fact. Um, but because they had very liquid little liquidity. And remember, they were mostly within one sector, the tech sector. And as we know, after the the boom of the pandemic, a lot of those tech companies were starting to experience some difficulties. And so they started pulling out their funds. And so Silicon Valley Bank, you know, they they were left with less and less liquidity. And so they had to figure out what to do to, to ensure that they had adequate funds. And so what could they do? They had to sell. They had to sell some of their investments and they had to sell at a significant loss um, to the tune of $1.8 billion, which they announced a couple of weeks ago. And once the the Twitterverse got a hold of that, whew, the dominoes began to fall, and so you know they um, they announced that they had that loss, and then people took to social media and they started talking about, okay, what does this mean? Pull out your money now. People started to panic, and because it's not like in the old days when you had to line up to go to the bank, you can now just click a button and withdraw your funds. So in a matter of just a few hours, billions of dollars were, were withdrawn and they didn't have any other choice. They didn't have the funds to support those withdrawals. So they had to uh, close down. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a really unfortunate circumstance, but also a really good cautionary tale 
um, not only for banks and the banking industry to make sure that they have adequate liquidity and making wise investments and making sure they're keeping abreast of what's going on in the broader economy, but same thing for us as individual investors to make sure that we are following those same things, making sure we're not investing with the last few dollars in our bank account, making sure we have adequate liquidity and making sure we know where the industry is going um, so that we can make wise investment decisions for ourselves. Yeah, that's a fantastic recap of what's been going on. And we see other banks that are probably have, or not probably, they are having literally the exact same problem. And if you remember back in 2008, we saw Lehman Brothers go down, Bear Stearns go down. And I remember those big names and the bank, or sorry, let me say it this way, the government and the Federal Reserve, there's two different, they're not the same thing, but the two got together and they said, in my opinion, hey, we've seen this happen back in 2008. Let's be ready when it happens again so we can just bail it out because that's what they did last time. They waited a, um, six months or so, but then they eventually started bailing out the banks, which is just sad. It's like giving the rich people even more money. But oh, well, this is what's going on now. How do we as real estate investors protect ourselves from, let's say, more problems? Um, how do we make sure that we're in, still investing? How do we make sure that we keep moving forward? Yeah. So there are a few lessons that I pulled out of this um, this story that I think are relevant to the everyday investor, whether you've only just started and maybe you have just one rental property, or maybe you've in, been investing in not only real estate, but the stock market, all kinds of things for years. There's a few common lessons here that I'll just pull out real quick um, for the listeners. One is make sure you diversify your income sources. Um, as we just talked about, Silicon Valley Bank was mainly in the tech sector. And so when that one sector went started to go downhill, then it really um it really had a huge impact on them. And so for you as a as a as an individual investor, you might think, oh, income sources, I don't need to worry about that. Well, you actually do because if you know we were just Dustin was talking at the at the top of the conversation about your job, you're just over broke. And if that is the only source of income that you have guess what? When that goes down, if that goes down, God forbid, if you get laid off or your company goes under, then you have lost your primary source of income. And so that's why we always say you got to diversify your income sources through things like investing in real estate. Um, Dustin, any thoughts on that before I keep going? I feel like I'm going on. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Um, yeah, I definitely. Well, one thing that I always try to tell my students is we build a business. And with that business, what we want to do is we're making money. Like if, if you're going to start a business that you're selling, I don't know, let's pick a candy bar. Let's pick something like that. You're going to sell a candy bar and great, I'm going to start a business and I buy a candy bar for $1.25 and then I could sell it for a dollar. Well, you're going to lose money. You would not do that for investing because buy it for $1.25 and you sell it for a dollar. You're losing 25 cents every single time. Why would you do that? You would not. In fact, Businesses go under, obviously, if they do that. So with that, when you're investing in real estate, if you build a business where you know that you're going to be making money every single month, however much it is, I'm not sure. That's uh, my suggestion for residential for 20, sorry, four units below would be $250 a month in passive income. That's my suggestion. That's a good, that's a good buffer. If there's like down, like, oh, one month we didn't get rent or whatever it might be. Um, 
And so if you're building a business where you're constantly checking, am I making a profit every single month? Then you're probably going to be going in the right direction as opposed to buying, let's say you buy a house and you know you're going to be losing every money or you don't even check. You know, I'm going to buy it and we're going to try it out. Then that's not, that's where people get hurt. So that's what I obviously, uh, with my students, I push them in that, that direction. Build a business so you're making money every single month. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you've got to have that discipline. I did not. I will tell you firsthand, I did not when I had my own personal properties, I did not have that ongoing and consistent discipline to check every single month. I would do these stints where I would, you know, I'd get on these weekly property manager calls and I'd be on top of it. I have my spreadsheets, I'd organize it all. And then after it got to a stable point of stabilization, I'd be like, oh, let's let's have a call every other week or let's have a call every month. And then for a while it was fine, it was stabilized. And then, you know, things dropped off because I wasn't paying attention to it. I wasn't actively staying on top of things. But, you know, I love your system because once you set up um, the the investment as a business and you run it like a business, you think about it as a business, it's really a different animal than what I was trying to do, which was just dabbling um, as a hobby investor, I would call it. Um, but on that note, so, you know, you also want to make sure that you're diversifying your investment holdings. I know that's a that's a kind of a gimme, but, um, you know, it's a good reminder that, um, you know, you want to be sure that, first of all, if you're invested in paper assets like the stock market, that you've also got other assets, physical assets like real estate um, that's independent of the stock market and that, you know, you can control some of that value there. Um, because you don't, you certainly don't want to be caught with all of your investments in one place. And just like the income source, if that one thing goes under, then you're kind of up a creek. And along with that, you want to make sure that you have ample liquidity in case anything does happen. And this is liquidity in terms of your own, um, you know, making sure that you have money for everyday life in case something happens and for your rental properties or your investments, make sure that you have ample reserves there because we've I've all I've gotten those phone calls where it's like hot water heater broke oh there's a roof leak oh there's this there's that and you can't sometimes you can't plan for that you can do everything you can to preempt things like that but um things happen and so you're going to want to make sure that you don't have to sell at a loss um like you were saying that you're not backed into a corner totally and there's a great saying, I guess, but cash is king, especially in business and in life too. But if you don't actually have cash or access to capital, so for investing, I love having access to capital. Let's say you have a home equity line of credit that you can dip into, buy a house or invest in something that makes you money, then be able to refinance, pull that cash back out, pay off the home equity line of credit, business, um, let's say business equity line of credit, if you want business, sorry, not equity, but business lines of credit, if you have just access to capital. But the big thing is, for I know this I anybody that wants to work with me coaching wise I always ask the question how is your emergency fund for your family like you don't want to be just dumping all your money and I did this because I learned you gotta learn from my mistakes I literally took all of our money and there was so it was tight I'm blessed praise the Lord that it didn't bankrupt us or anything because we had passive income plus I had my job but at the same time it was really tight sometimes and then I learned 
you need an emergency fund. You need to be liquid, which is what like I love that term that you're saying because you basically have money, cash to be able to let's say your car breaks down. Like you need to be able to get to work. Yeah, something like that. So that is fantastic. Now, what do you see coming in the future? Let's say two, three years from now. Let's one year we can definitely say, well, it's going to come down, but let's say two, maybe three years from now, give us maybe one, two, and three. Like, just tell me what your thoughts over the entire market. Yeah. Oh boy. Let me get up. Let me dust off my crystal ball here. Um, uh, well, let's see. So in the near term, um, you know, as you're seeing in the, in the rental property market too, you know, it's kind of, kind of a good thing. It kind of, as rates go up and there's all this volatility and uncertainty, people are getting nervous. And so the people who, like I was back in the day, just a hobby investor, just dabbling, maybe they sit out for a while and that brings the competition down. And then that in turn, as hopefully as sellers' expectations catch up to the lag, you know, those those um, prices will start to come down and be a little bit more reasonable because as I'm sure you've seen in the in the recent years, things have gotten quite heated. Um, and uh, so hopefully that will shift and there will be lots of opportunities. You know, like one thing we're, we're, um, we're finding are these kind of these rare kind of gems that are, are not, you know, necessarily what's out there advertised, listed, but these off-market deals, for example, like this one that we've currently got under contract, it's a um, it's a brand new build in um, Orlando, Florida, and it's a multifamily asset. And it's because it's brand new, we're buying it from the developer. We're getting a, uh, we're able to assume the HUD loan, which those HUD loans are only available to developers and they're at a fixed rate. It's 3.8%. And so we're able to assume that you can't get a fresh loan at 3.8% these days, definitely not fixed at 3.8%. And so those are sort of the opportunities in the near term that we're looking for, kind of, you know, thinking outside the traditional box and thinking, okay, where are there opportunities in this market as things are starting to, to settle down a little bit, hopefully, um, and expectations are starting to shift? Where can we get ahead of the curve and start to find these hidden opportunities. And then, you know, in the coming years, as those expectations do shift, it's great that the market is cyclical. So it's not like we're headed into uncharted territory. We've been here before, not exactly here, but, um, you know, on, on some level. And so, you know, I see tremendous, tremendous opportunity in the coming years. However, I think before we get there, you know, all those things we were talking about, making sure you're diversified, having multiple income sources and making sure you have liquidity, that's what's going to enable the companies or the investors to get to that point where you're able to take advantage of those opportunities as you would have had to make smart decisions now and even in the the months and years leading up to now to even be able to make it through to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. I I love that. And I, I completely agree with you. And I've been mentioning or telling everybody on my podcast, like, it, but for a couple of years now, like even before COVID, like 2019, I said, hey, coming is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. It's going to be coming. Everything is coming. Like, it's, it seems like it's coming to a head. In fact, the economy always does a correction every seven to eight years, but it's literally been since 2008, since the last correction. You know, there was COVID, but that was a blip. That was just like something that's forced upon us. 
And it seems like this is that now going to be the correction. And so if people have been listening and have been prepared preparing and getting ready like their savings and starting building a business and learning how to invest then they're hopefully going to be able to take this like ride this huge wave in but if you haven't like let's say you're getting started now right now is the best time to get started like i love the saying when is the best time to plant a tree well it was 20 years ago the next best time is literally today so there are investments out there and just like that case in point the Orlando deal my goodness that that's a great interest rate was it three and a half percent I mean that is mm-hmm. just fantastic and on top of that we're investors only investors will be able to find these types of deals if you're just like oh let me just you know, close my eyes and point yeah. on Zillow and find a house it's probably not going to work out very well it's you might you might find a deal on haystack but if you're an investor, you have the right people around you. And that's why I love the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. If you come to the conference, you're going to be meeting Annie and all the people that we all work with. And you're going to meet so many other people because it's so much better when we gather together to help each other out and getting like-minded people together. And so for everybody listening, you guys have heard the people that I'm bringing to the conference. They're all genuine people like Annie and myself that really just want to help people. Now, Annie, there, you've given us so much great insights. And is there anything else that we should be looking for that you're like, if we're going to invest in multifamily and meaning like, let's say apartment complexes, big units, apartment complexes, getting into maybe a syndication where you're getting more passive investing, any tips that you can give us as we're looking for something like that? Yeah. So a couple of tips um, I think are really relevant right now is One, uh, we talked about when the tide goes out, you'll see who's swimming naked. Well, you want to be extra diligent these days to ask those questions and really build that trust with and find the teams with the strong track records, um, not just in the, the good and easy times, but also in the hard times and make sure that they can do right by you and your money. Um, and we've had a number of investors who have reached out to us to tell us about deals that they're invested in with other operators and they're not doing well. Some people are losing money. Some people are having to navigate a capital call, which is when the syndicator asks for more money in the deal. And so, um, you know, we're doing everything we can behind the scenes, even if we have to halt dis- investor distributions for a period of time, which is always a tough thing to navigate. But even if we have to do that in the short term to build up reserves, those are the kinds of decisions we're making because we want to make sure that that the um, the assets stay healthy no matter what comes down the road. And so making sure you find people that you trust and people that have a strong track record um, is key. And then also, you know, I can't speak for the rental market. Um, I know that it's very um, hyper-local as well. Um, I can say for multifamily, especially right now, because, partly because of interest rates in the lending environment, um, cash flow, unfortunately, isn't what it used to be. There's still a ton of appreciation and opportunity, but if you're wanting to invest for the immediate cash flow, um, multifamily might not be the best fit right now. It's not that there's not long-term demand for multifamily. It's just given the current environment, um, there's more cash flow in other types of assets. And that's why we've um, diversified into hotel holdings as well, because there are there's, there's a good amount of cash flow um, in hotels and other types of assets. So, you know, maybe look into alternative assets. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing as well. 
That's great. Yeah, I love that. And so everybody, you definitely need to check out Annie's podcast. So Annie, talk to us about the podcast and then let us know, all the listeners, how they can find you, how they can hopefully even invest with you because they want to get good, secure investments. But talk to us about, or tell us, how can we reach out to you and find you? Yeah, for sure. So we have a podcast called The Life and Money Show. We talk about all things related to both life and money, family, travel, and how we're investing to support all of that. Um, and so that's the life of money show. Um, if you want to f- find and connect with us, we're at goodegginvestments.com. And I am just, I'm so thrilled to be part of RubeCon coming up. It was such a blast last year getting to be part of the inaugural event, which was already amazing. And we were, we were fortunate we got to be a sponsor at that event and got a lot of great conversations through that and, and just such a great, um, such great energy energy from the um, the participants, the speakers as well. And, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences and there's, you know, you always talk about there's a lot of these real estate conferences at the end, there's the run to the back to sign up for whatever product they're ultimately trying to sell you. But RoopCon is so different from that. And Dustin, you've done such an amazing job fostering this community. And I can't wait. I'm going to be talking not only about Ikigai, but also um, about some of the deals that we've gone full cycle on and really going into detail on uh, what happened, what decisions we made, and ultimately whether we hit the projected returns. So you'll have to come to the event to hear more about that. Love it, Annie. And I'm so excited to have you there. And it's great to get to hang out again. So thank you so much for coming on, sharing this great wisdom. Everybody definitely check out her podcast. Fantastic stuff. Check out her website as well. Uh, But we'll definitely, as best we can, we're going to be giving out so much great information at RubeCon. So hopefully you guys make it as well. Use the promo code podcast. It'll, I'll know that she came from my podcast. It'll give you 10% off the ticket. But man, Annie, it's been great as always to hang out again. So thank you so much for being on the show. Such a pleasure, Dustin. Looking forward to the in-person conference here soon. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.